motherfucking K, homeboy. A to the motherfucking K. A to the motherfucking K, homeboy. A to the motherfucking K. A to the motherfucking K, homeboy. A to the motherfucking K. Welcome back, one and all, to the horror show at A to the K. We have another fun-filled week of wrestling talk for you all. We're going to see some familiar faces in different places. Uh, we're going to see some god-awful matches, which is unfortunately become the norm these days. Uh, we are going to see some crazy storyline possibilities cropping up. I'll, I'll go into that when we talk Extreme Rules. Um, I would like to get your thoughts on that as well, Carl, um, mm-hmm. even though I'm talking to you before I've officially introduced, but we'll, we'll get on to that. <laughs> so, as always, you are listening to the man of zero holds. It's me, Anthony. <laughs> And I'm joined by the all-English Englishman. It's Carl. Give him a big hello, Carl. Well, big hello, everyone, once again. Uh, you know, everyone listening, sitting there at home, thumping your Bibles. Well, that's not going to get you anywhere. You can talk about your Psalms, talk about your John 3.16. Well, Carl 3.16 says, I just want to welcome you all to this week's podcast. Nice. Yeah. Oh. See, see what did there. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I love it, Carl. Honestly, um, at some point, I think we're both going to start struggling with these. But, a little bit. Yeah, but, but now we'll, it, we'll keep going. Fun. You know, and I mean, this is the problem because as WWE are failing to make new stars, you know, we're <laughs> having to rely on legends as well. So th- this is going to be the problem. It's going to be the problem. True. I mean, I mean admittedly, yeah. the one I had for you this week was actually a fairly new star. So that's good. <laughs> well, yeah. You know, channeling the, the Jack Swagger days. Oh yeah. Oh, Definitely. Yeah. Anyway, so. As always, guys, we have the, the Ringside Report coming up. We have um, This Week in Wrestling, in which we'll talk about the, the big four shows. Uh, our Seg 3 this week is going to be probably more of an extension of This Week in Wrestling, uh, as we'll be talking about Extreme Rules. Um, and to be fair, there's a, there's a lot to be said with Extreme Rules. It was a, not what I expected, I think, is probably the best thing to say, Carl. I don't know how you felt about it, but uh, it's going to be an interesting discussion, I think. Indeed. But before Indeed. we get into all that, before we get into all that, Let's talk the ringside report. So that's the, you know, it's the news, Carl. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and do this as an official intro. You ready? <laughs> Hello and welcome to the ringside report. Coming up tonight, multiple former WWE wrestlers debut at TNA's Slammiversary. Mustafa Ali is set to make his WWE return. There is speculation arising over Apollo Crews' absence from WWE. A UFC star is possibly joining AEW. As well as a UFC star, we're also seeing a former WWE star potentially joining AEW's ranks. We have Tony Khan speaking on uh, Pac's current status within WWE, WWE, AEW. Uh, We're also talking Kyrie Sane maybe actually leaving this time, although we've mentioned it a few times. There there seems to be some truth to the speculation now. We see some WWE releases, and uh, apparently these are due to the complaints over Saudi Arabia that they formally voiced. So we'll discuss that a little bit more. And uh, the last one is Matt Cardona, or uh, Zack Ryder, as he was formerly known, has uh, recently teased his new internet title and entrance theme. So we'll talk on that a little bit as well. So we have all that coming up shortly. But first, let's take a look at the traffic. Yeah, it's quite bad. Quite bad, that traffic. Okay, so firstly, let's talk about TNA, TNA's recent Slammiversary pay-per-view, Carl. Now, for mm-hmm. those of you who want um, our full review of TNA's Slammiversary, you're out of luck. We don't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's newsworthy for us. And uh, it's no disrespect to TNA. We just, we you know, four shows a week, guys. Come on. Um, but there obviously were a number of releases 
in the last few months from WWE. Uh, and there's been a lot of speculation over where they would go. Would it be AEW, New Japan, TNA, or indies, you know, such as Ring of Honor, that sort of thing. Um, now, Slammiversary has answered that for some of these stars. So we've seen um, the notable ones, really, uh, and probably the biggest talking point for me, Carl, with you, is um, the first one I'll mention is Heath Slater appearing on Slammiversary. Yeah. And this is probably the most notable because it was almost a, is he going back to WWE? Because we very recently, what, two weeks ago, seen him on uh, yeah. on uh, WWE in a title match? Yeah, so, I was definitely, uh, um, <laughs> I was definitely quite surprised. It, I mean, it was weird, to be honest, because I think, um, you know, we saw some stuff leading up to this around um, Ryan, I was looking for a partner. Um, you know, they kind of alluded to it, but then having Heath show up so close to Slammiversary, I was kind of like, well, okay, no, it mustn't be him. It must be someone else. And then there you go. He shows up <laughs> out of nowhere. So. And I'll make it a little bit clear for anyone listening and anyone who doesn't really follow TNA or follow what's going on here. Um, it's not a foregone that he's definitely signed with TNA either because he, he made a, uh, I think he made a point of wearing a shirt that pointed out he was a free agent. Um, mm-hmm. So he's free to sort of move around as he pleases, I suppose, at this stage. But it seems that he's certainly going to have at least some sort of story run with, with TNA. Um, they also had a backstage part of Slammiversary in which he was celebrating with Rhino and almost building up a little bit of a, a bit of a rivalry. So um, it'll be interesting to see where they go with it. But I'm, I'm intrigued by the, the free agent status as well, because, um, you know, are, are we potentially going to see him move around to like the likes of Ring of Honor or New Japan or whichever once, once the travel restrictions lift, certainly anyway. Um, and that leads me hopefully nicely into our, into our other two. We actually saw um, Gallows and Anderson appearing. Now, again, I, I believe they are signed with TNA. There's this, th- these are all just random appearances, so we don't quite know. Obviously, they've been teasing heavily um, going back to New Japan when they can. And, you know, TNA have had a working relationship with New Japan, so it's not to say that they're not signed with them. But, um, but these are the next two big names to, um, to appear at Slammiversary. Um, what do you make of this appearance, Carl? Is it uh, a surprise to you? Because I think um, there was a lot, of, a lot of speculation that they, they were AEW bound, especially with the relationship with the elite from New Japan, you know? Yeah, so I mean, you know, by, by all accounts, um, before they re-signed with WWE, they had an offer from AEW and they chose to take the money at WWE, um, which wasn't guaranteed <laughs> uh, because, you know, it was only if they worked all the dates and they did go on to get fired. So not the best decision, but I believe mm. there was no second offer um, that came from AEW. So um, I guess TNA was where they ended up. But for me, this this was weird, this one. I'm unsure. Like, I've, I've seen it. I've watched I've actually watched them um, make their debut. But was Gallows pissed? Because <laughs> he's, he's, he's stumbling around on the entrance um, ramp. And as he goes down, he slips and does like, he almost falls on his ass. And then after they get in there with the, the new champ, um, they do like the Austin thing where they throw the beers in. And everyone catches it, and he fucking like drops in. He's stumbling around everywhere. He looked drunk. <laughs> um, so, I mean, not yeah. to speculate. Maybe it's a, it's a new gimmick. I, I don't know. Maybe. You know, the drunken well, I thought guy. he was going back to um, Sex Ferguson from the um, <laughs> you know the old things with his little thrust that he did when he nearly well on his ass on the ramp. But yeah, I don't know. I'm definitely surprised to see them there. Be even more surprised if he was absolutely blottoed out of his mind. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you can only celebrate for so long, you know. This is true. <laughs> um, and the last one, um, certainly notable. I mean, there, was, there were other debuts that are less relevant to us um, because they're, they're from either former TNA people or people who've been out on injury and that sort of thing. But the, the last notable one, Carl, and this is more of a homecoming as far as um, TNA goes, and it was uh, a very 
strange, not really a debut, let's say. It was a, a video at the end, and it was um, a tease for the return of EC3. Mm. Now, this video was, I, I actually think, executed really well, but a bit unusual because there was no words. There was no anything. There was no appearance, no attacking, no one. He was just on screen. He threw his glass at the wall. The wall had three markings on it, obviously, C3. Um, and there was just that intensity in the video. And, and that's it. It closed out. So we know he's coming back, but there's, there's, you know, there's no detail. There's just a lot of like hype, I suppose. So I think it's been executed really well, um, especially at a, a pay-per-view that's ended up being quite heavy return, for returns, should I say. Sorry. Yeah, definitely. I think it was, um, I suppose it was a nice touch by not having him like get involved in the, the main event match or anything like that. It was literally just a promo at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, certainly a promo. It was more like a vignette, wasn't it? Um, yeah, I thought it was handled really well. And, you know, he, he was a star, um, a big star for TNA, um, EC3, um, way back when. So I think it's a massive kind of coup. I dare say that's, that's where he's he's been his biggest, really, isn't it, to be fair? Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I'd say a bit of a homecoming there. And I think it's the right place from WWE. Absolutely wasted the talent he was. Um, and it's nice to see he's going back to somewhere that, that have that sort of respect for him because I suppose he's he's a bit of a legend in the TNA side of things really now at this point. Yeah, definitely. Uh, another little note um, or a side note, what I'm saying as well, is um, since Gallows and Anderson have appeared, uh, there's been suggestions that the um, they did they've been planning their return to TNA or their, their appearance at TNA for a while, and the original plan was that they were going to uh, attack Tessa Blanchard. Uh, obviously, until the whole situation with Tessa Blanchard happened. Um, mm-hmm. So it seems like this has been in the works for a, for a little, or well, at least a few weeks now. Before certainly before um, she got the axe. Anyway, just a little side note for you. Very interesting. You want to move on to our next uh, headline, as it were. Yeah, so the first one I've got this week. Um, so it looks like a WWE superstar is set to return for tapings this week. Um, and that superstar being Mustafa Ali. So, you know, for a while now, we've had these uh, vignettes of, of the hacker um, that kind of just fell by the wayside a little bit and got dropped. And then, you know, it was kind of um, under the radar um, noticed that Ali had been moved from the SmackDown roster over to the Raw roster. Um, and I believe, um, based on the news this week, he was one of the guys who's been called for tapings um, for today, um, which is obviously Monday for for Raw. Um, So that's not obviously guaranteed. I'm glad you clarify that because I wasn't 100% sure what taping it was. (laughs) Well, um, so he's been called for taping starting today, but they tape a couple of um, of shows at the same time. So we don't necessarily know whether he's going to like appear tonight or whether it could be next week or even the week after, depending on how many they do. Mm. Um, or they might just not even fucking use him because let's be honest, Vince might just yeah. go, nah. Or it turned <laughs> but, out, um, yeah, look, there he is, there he is, behind the pack, gas cheering with everyone else. <laughs> I mean, who knows, who knows. <laughs> but um, you know what, I kind of feel for the guy really because um, it came to light, didn't it, that the reason he moved to Raw um, was he was getting really tired of uh, Bruce Pritchard and his, his kind of misuse or... <laughs> Lack of interest in him, oh, so he wants to go over to Raw to work for Paul Heyman. Um, so, yeah. Paul, Paul <laughs> Bruce <laughs> is there, like, you'll never escape. <laughs> exactly. So, um, you know, fucking hell, it's, uh, it's pretty pretty dreadful, uh, really, <laughs> if you're him. Um, That's crazy. So, I don't know. I think uh, I, I'm, I still feel quite bad, the fact that the hacker thing fell by the way. So, you know, it definitely wasn't anything groundbreaking, but it was different. It was something. You never know. Mean? You never know, Carl. They might try and continue on with it. This might be the fruition of the, the random appearances of the hacker that kind of never really did anything other than screw over Mandy Rose. <laughs> screw Mandy Rose? What? Oh, no, um, sorry. They screwed over Sonya Deville, really. They just showed the truth. Yeah. yeah. I, d- I just said screw in Mandy Rose, and I, uh, I, 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 was, I, was, I was lost for a bit. Um, <laughs> but, I, I was yeah. Just... <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I, I don't know. I think... Um, 
you know, hopefully they do something decent with him. But it's it's not looking good really when you know Vince was apparently quite big on the guy a while ago, and then he kind of lost interest, and then he's been injured, and then you know Bruce <laughs> Classic Vince not for him, <laughs> and then you know he kind of goes, well, fuck you, Bruce. I'm going to go to Raw and be a Paul Heyman guy. And then Paul Heyman sacked, and now he's got Bruce. Yeah. Uh, so. He tried to pull her, uh, an AJ Styles because apparently AJ moved to SmackDown because he hated Paul Heyman. So similar reason, and um, it's all worked out quite well for AJ. Not so yeah, much for Ali. <laughs> I mean, I think I said this before. That, you know, you can try and blame Paul Heyman all you want. It's the fact that the fucking DOC was shit and Heyman didn't have anything for them because, like, why would you? He didn't do fuck all. So, yeah. To know, be honest, I wouldn't. Them, but it was, it was the, AJ's the, fault. I would not be pissed off with Heyman. Uh, not to digress into another a slightly other topic, but I wouldn't be pissed off with Heyman. I'd be pissed off with the likes of Triple H and that who convinced them to resign. Oh yeah, and but, you know like, well, thought, now they're out on the fucking ear. Do you know what? I don't even think it was it was Triple H necessarily because by all accounts he said, you know what? If they're not using you up at WWE, I'll use you down here in NXT. And <laughs> Vince you know, went, "No, you fucking won't." But basically, yeah, he was like, "Now you can get fucked on that one." So um, yeah, there they are in TNA. <laughs> uh, Bad times, but hopefully TNA is a good fit for them. Well, yeah, at least until New Japan opens up, and you know, let's let's see whether fucking Gallows can not be absolutely fucking smashed off his face next time he shows him. <laughs> uh, I like it. Might be moving <laughs> back into the Festus thing, you know. Maybe, maybe. Whatever. Um, so, what have you got next, Anthony? My next one, Carl, is um, just to discuss the speculation over Apollo Cruz. Now, this is all very speculative because there's not been any confirmation here but the suggestion is that um, Apollo Crews is um, one of the people who's been diagnosed with COVID-19 and it would kind of make sense uh, not necessarily diagnosed with but certainly having to isolate for whatever reason because he was having this monster push with the US title and then we've had his absence for a number of weeks now uh, even when they unveiled the new style US title he wasn't the one who unveiled it and it's his title um, <laughs> And without spoiling Extreme Rules, which we will get onto in some more detail, but we know that he didn't even appear at Extreme Rules to defend said title. So I have to imagine this is not a story thing. I have to imagine it's because he has to not be on TV. Um, so it makes a lot of sense that this, the, the the rumor mill is suggesting that it's um, it's potential sort of COVID related. Uh, what do you make of this one? I mean, it, it does seem random, doesn't it, to have you know to go into a program with your US t- uh, champion and MVP. And kind of have the plans. I have this. Oh well, I've got a title which is better, and we're going to square off for it, and then just not use him at all. So I don't like. I don't think it's an injury. If it is, he's fucking injury prone, isn't he? Because he was fucking, you know. And as you know, other, too many injuries, month. and uh, Vince falls out with you. Well, exactly. So you know, it's who knows. Maybe it is just a precautionary thing. Maybe it's something to do with COVID. But yeah, uh, and you never know. I mean, unfortunately, WWE are horrendous with storylines sometimes. So it could even be a storyline. Fuck knows. <laughs> I mean, I'd, I believe I believe I read, but by all accounts, he was he was not cleared. People don't know what that means. Whether he's not cleared from like an injury or whether he's not cleared from you know like a COVID standpoint or something. So, yeah. Yeah. well, the storyline point of view, um, I imagine you you heard it, Carl. But the storyline point of view was that um, you know Bobby Lashley uh, done his sort of master lock. Mm-hmm. As, as it is um that that aggressively to him that he's got a, a bulging disc or something along the lines of that so that's why he wasn't cleared to wrestle um but again got to imagine that that's the storyline but that's not the truth um hopefully it's not an injury um at least with the covid situation is a isolate for some time and then you you're back to it and you know it's a situation everyone's in at the minute it might not look too good on him having another injury, um, especially because of the way Vince is. You know the way the the management runs there, they end up sort of losing the shine on you a little bit if you have too many. 
lovely business yeah. to be in. <laughs> oh, yeah. You really feel safe and secure. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> um, so the next one I've got um, is around AEW. So are we going to see a former UFC champion make his way to AEW? We've already seen them there at one point. Um, we are obviously talking about Henry Cejudo. Um, I'm so glad he, you got this one, Carl. I would have not pronounced that right. <laughs> so he, been like, Kijudo? Um, <laughs> what kind of what kind of martial art is that? You do Kajudo? <laughs> um but yeah, so um, you know, he he's a former um Olympic gold medalist in wrestling. He is a former flyweight champion, he's a former um bantamweight champion all at the same time. So he goes by Triple C, invented also as the captain of cringe. Um but look, you know, he's he's obviously you know he's tough as nails. He, he beat Demetrius Johnson, who's undefeated for years, and you know he, he can he can he can hold his own. Definitely, he's, he's a fantastic athlete. He's recently retired from UFC. Said he's done all he wants to do, um, but basically, you know, he was part of Mike Tyson's entourage in the Chris Jericho thing, as were many other MMA fighters. Um, and he's now kind of being quoted as saying, you know, in terms of what's next, he said, you know, probably the wrestling, probably the boxing. Um, but, you know, he's definitely retired. You know, he said he's been in contact with AEW specifically, so he is quoted as saying that. Um, he also said there's a potential big pay-per-view event um, that they might want to hold. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of options open for him at the minute. So, you know, definitely going to be interesting. He's a, I think he only stands around five for four, five for three. So, you know, I, I don't, I don't know necessarily where, where they would put him in or who they would put him in with. I'm not saying just because it's height. Obviously, you've got Rey Mysterio, who's around 5'4 as well. But mm. if they're, they're planning on pulling him into a program, I'm not too sure who it would be against or how it would work in AEW. But, you know, he's already shown up there. So he's, he's obviously said he's got an interest. So I could see it happening. But at the same time, he's a bit of a troll, his old Henry. So um, who knows? Let's, let's see what happens. But mm. Yeah, um, no, it'll be an interesting one. I mean, obviously, you follow UFC way, way more. Than, than I do. I've played the games a couple of times because they're quite fun. Um, <laughs> but, it, you know, the more talent we can get on AEW, the better, to be honest. And um, obviously, he's a legit fighter. So, you know, it, I know it doesn't necessarily translate perfectly to the, the ring, but he's an athlete, isn't he? So he's, he's going to bring something to it. And um, yeah, it'd be an interesting. City. Like you say, especially with the height thing, could he be like a new Taz? I know Taz was, is he a bit taller, Taz? Um, yeah, I think he's only about 5'5, five, five, though, 5'5, five, yeah. five, five, But so uh, close enough, isn't it? But Taz was like, you know, aggressive and little money, you know, so we yeah. have another one of those. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it's, def- it's definitely, I'm definitely interested to see if they bring him in, how they, how they bring him into the fold, you know what I mean? Who they put him up against and stuff like that. But, you know, he's, he's a, he's a legit badass in, in the wrestling world and the MMA world. And, you know, he's, he's got charisma, but not necessarily, I don't know if it's a good fit for the wrestling world. Like he, he's known for being cringe. He likes to reference the fact he's cringe quite a lot, which in itself is cringe. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, you know, that's kind of let's uh, let's see how it goes. You know, it could just be trolling <laughs> as well, really. But um, you know, I'm I'm interested. I, I think it'd be interesting if they, oh, if yeah. they do use definitely. It's another it's another big name for them. If you're mm. a UFC fan, it might draw you over to AEW, mightn't it? Yeah, definitely. At least for a limited time, anyway. And you sit there and go, it's not real fighting, and then go away again. <laughs> but speaking of potential AEW signings, Cal, do you remember the WCW star Crowbar? No. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> and apparently neither does Cody Rhodes. <laughs> so, um, so this fella was um, again. Don't know enough about him, but he was formerly a, a WCW wrestler. He has recently sort of made it very clear that he is now back uh, in terms of being a performing athlete once again. Um, and a lot of his sort of he's put some tweets up, been on social media, trying to push some sort of gimmick of you know he's a boomer 
and he's going to educate the millennials, that kind of thing, which, um, you know, speaking of cringe, um, but in his tweet, he has tagged literally uh, Ring of Honor, AEW, uh, New Japan, Impact. So, you know, he's, he, this is like a fishing exercise. This isn't AEW saying, yeah, we're going to sign him. But um, a lot of his fans have then been like tagging the likes of Tony Khan and, and Cody Rhodes and saying, sign this guy. This would be a great shout um, to the point that Cody responded, who? Which I thought was funny as fuck. Um, <laughs> Cody clearly does know, he's in the business. He clearly does know who he is, but I just thought that was a funny little, uh, funny little jab in some senses. Um, so... Oh. Uh, yeah, so it's an interesting one, and I suppose the potential's there. But again, it is at this point, it is just a, a fishing exercise from from Crowbar, and I don't want to offer the man any disrespect. This might just be down to the fact that neither of us were very big into WCW, so that might be why he's not a notable name. But it's not like we're talking about like Scott Steiner or Sting or someone, is it? You know what I mean? It's it's going to mm. be one, but probably more mid card than than anything. Um, but he certainly has his fans, and he's certainly looking to um, to enter into to the wrestling world and. AEW again could be potentially a good fit, but we have got a lot of OGs on AEW at the minute, so yeah. <laughs> just uh, just googling the dude to see if I recognise him at all. I, I, do I, do, I don't recognise his face even slightly. Um, uh, you know, he clearly went there for the invasion, Cal. <laughs> Definitely was not. Um, like, like most of WCW, actually. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe he was on shitload of money as well. Um, <laughs> he wouldn't pay it, but. Apparently he was, he was in the uh, WWF for a little bit as well, um, in the uh, under, division. So. Under a different name, I assume. Devon Storm? Devon Storm. That's oh, a... Devon Storm. Yep, Devon Storm. Storm, Lance's cousin. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently, I know this isn't, we haven't got this down on the news, but um, I believe um, Lance Storm's finally said for the first time in something like 37 years he doesn't have a job anymore. So he has actually now been permanently laid off by um, WWE. We know that he was furloughed because um, he lives oh. in Canada and he couldn't get um, couldn't get around and stuff. But then, yeah, they've apparently officially um, ended his contract now. So I'm gonna call it now. He's going to AEW. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it's it seems to be too easy to say. You know what I mean? A lot of the time. I know, I know, but I'm not just saying it because AEW is like the big one at the moment. Uh, he's he's previously tag teamed with uh, Chris Jericho when they were both more independent. They've got a long-term friendship there. They're both mm-hmm. fellow Canadians. You know, I can see the, the there's an in right there. Do you know what I mean? I can see Jericho wanting to pull him in. He's clearly done a lot for WWE in the background. I believe he was a producer or something backstage, wasn't he, for, yeah. for a long time. Um, I could see him, not necessarily on screen, but I could certainly see him getting involved with uh, AEW's uh, backstage works. I really could. I think um, I'm just uh, just checking now. Yeah, I think even like Dean Malenko and stuff is a producer for AEW, and he's he's like another one. He's in the same kind of clique as um, Lance Storm and Jericho. I think um, Hurricane Helms. Um, what, what the fuck's his real name? Shane Shane Helms. Um, okay. I think he he does a little bit of work with them as well, and they're all kind of part of the same thing. So yeah, um, you know, it seems seems likely, doesn't it, that it'll be some sort of road agent for them? You know, I don't think he's going to be unemployed for a while if he wants to stay in the business no. I'm sure well he knows the business really well and I know like a lot of people he, he was never like the biggest in the biz and like most anyone who's been in WWE or WWF he was saddled with some some poor gimmicks but um, well if that can be serious for a minute that was fine. <laughs> <laughs> nice um, and you know you, you can't argue with time saved he knows the business like yeah. regardless of what you thought of him as an in-ring performer um, yeah. so hopefully like you say not unemployed very long. And that's like a bonus news article for you guys. I didn't even mention that one. Well, there you go. 
Like, and while, you know, let, let's continue to ride the AW train and we'll also talk around um, Pac. So, um, you know, a lot of people are kind of questioning what is going on. Obviously, Pac's been missing for a while now. He did have that awesome um, promo. Um, that was a little bit odd, ago. wasn't it? Like that they had that mm. and that's kind of it. Yeah, I think it was just to kind of remind people that he is still around. But obviously, this, the questions continue to come again. And, you know, Tony Khan has actually come out and said, you know, he's, he's really missing Pac and because of everything that's going on in the world and how strict the borders are and stuff like that. It's just not suitable, really, to be able to bring him in and um, bring him back for the moment. So hopefully once, you know, travel restrictions lighten up a little bit, then we'll get get to see Pac back. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Um, that's, you know, it, it's a fair distance, isn't it? And with the travel restrictions in place, um, it's not worth the risk. But it's nice to know, certainly by the sounds of it, he is secure in his position there, you know? Because I really yeah, enjoyed I mean, him in AEW. Yeah, the same. I think um, it, it's a shame, really, because he was just starting to build. You know, I was really excited to see him as a leader of a faction with this mm. death triangle. Um, yeah. It does beg to... the question, are we going back to that or are they going to do something? Are they just going to sort of scrap it because there's been too much time gone? Or Yeah, I mean, like they seem to have transitioned them into fucking partners with the Butcher and the Blade now, as opposed to Pac. So it's yeah. a bit... Mm, who knows? I will admit, like, I'm not usually critical of AEW, but it got a little bit confusing and um, random, the old tag team division. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Look at Butcher and Blade now. Like, what, what's going on there? No idea. Like, even those guys have had a bit of a, not necessarily a massive gimmick change, but they're not the same as the way they were brought in. Well, exactly. And they had, um, and this is the fellow who come out wearing was... a gimp mask. <laughs> yeah. And now I exactly. think he's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> that's an excellent point really um, he does look more like more fucking silly in his bright white jumpsuit and that but um, yeah I don't know I think I, I really can't wait for Pac to like bring Pac back he's got a t-shirt um, <laughs> but yeah he, he was he was awesome he was putting on great matches you know Kenny Omega and um, did we get to see him face Jericho I don't recall if we did because if we didn't, I want to see it. And if it did happen, and I can't remember it, but then it, obviously it must have been shit. But I want to see it. Um, so if it did happen, then it, you know, second time around, it'll be better. Um, so yeah, I don't know. He's he's got a lot to kind of still do there, I think, and he could be a massive yeah. star. He's got all the potential in the world, I think. So the sooner he can get back to it, the better. Yeah, yeah, that's what we're looking for—a backpack. <laughs> um, right. So I'll move on to um, to our next one, which is um, Kyrie Sane, Carl. Now we've mentioned this. Once, twice, three times, four times, five times. I don't know. We mentioned it a lot on the ringside reports that uh, Kyrie's done with WWE. Well, guess what, Carl? <laughs> Kyrie's done with WWE. Uh, apparently, <laughs> apparently. Um, so we recall a number of weeks ago, I think it was Dave Meltzer uh, reported saying that um, she's going back home to Japan. She's going to be with her husband. The original plan was for her to be with um, or to be promoting NXT Japan, which is obviously not going to happen at this point. Um, but the suggestion was always that she was going back to Japan and her time there was numbered. Um, so now we have reports from PW Insider saying that the these w, the current WWE tapings are her final tapings with WWE. So this will be the last of it. So we'll have her on TV some more because she'll be participating in the most recent tapings, um, presumably the ones that are being done this week when they refer to that. And then that that's her. So that'll be her written off in some capacity, unless WWE are too lazy to bother writing her off and she just has a match and we never see her again, which is also very possible. They wouldn't uh, do that, would they? But uh, it seems like the thing that's been speculated about for a number of weeks is true. I don't know. Once, <laughs> twice, three times a carry. Yeah. So, um, I mean, we'll update you all on the carry saying situation next week because um, <laughs> no doubt she'll be in the ringside report once again. 
But joking aside, you know, it is a bit of a loss for the WWE. She was actually a very talented wrestler. Um, and as far as the women's division, I don't know, you know, I might get, you know, criticised for this one, but it's a bit lacking at the moment, isn't it? Yeah. Let's be honest. It's, it's, it's been... um, we're seeing the same three things over and over. Um, and, you know, it, they, they could do with the talent, especially, and again, I keep harping on, but when you're trying to have women's tag team belts, not very many women tag teams, it doesn't fucking work. Um, <laughs> and Kabuki Warriors were a good tag team. Yeah, so sad news, but, um, you know, she's doing the right thing for herself. So that's... Yeah, definitely. So obviously it's a shame that the NXT Japan thing didn't take off because that would have been like quite nice to transition her and have her be the flagship of that. Yeah, it'd be interesting cool. to see if she goes or they go back to that because they've mm. still got a relationship with her, haven't they? She hasn't left under a cloud or anything. Um, and when the travel restrictions are, are sorted again, um, you never know. It might be the case that they carry on with their expansion, their worldwide domination. Well, you know, times are hard, Anthony. You know, people, you know they've only made record profits this year. You know, And as you know, they've had to cut several WWE superstars which brings um, me on to my next point <laughs> seamless, absolutely fucking seamless I, I can't, that was amazing um, so the, ne- the next article I've got um, around the WWE releases shock horror um, shock horror at WWE releases um, was allegedly that some of them were due to um, being particularly outspoken around the Saudi shows um, so I think the names that got brought up in particular around this was um, Rusev, who we know was very, you know, there was quite a few articles about him kind of refusing to work them and he was very against it. I believe Carl Anderson was also, um, you know, mm. quite quite bad about it as well. And also uh, Joe Hennig. Um, so that would explain potentially some of those guys and, and their reasonings. But yeah, interestingly, I mean, we'll never one know of the other sure, ones... But... Sorry, go on. Oh, no, I was going to say one of the other ones that got um, mentioned in this light was actually Andrade, who... You know, basically, they were like, "Well, he's practically a flare now, so he's safe." <laughs> it was like, you know what? <laughs> nice. You know, it's interesting that um, you know, you've got a bang of flare if you want to keep your job after saying bad things around Saudi. Yeah, and sadly, yeah. there's only Rick left. So, uh... <laughs> woo. <laughs> um... <laughs> um, no, it's it's an interesting parallel. Like, do, you'll never know for sure whether that's the reason, but when. Um, I think it was last week we reported that Vince made the cuts themselves and made the choices himself. Mm. Um, it's an interesting parallel that a lot of them just happened to be the ones who complained about or resisted the the whole Saudi deal and the, obviously the issues with travel as well, coming back and stuff like that. And there was a lot of complaint from that. Um, although, as I recall, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, Carl, I think wasn't Kevin Owens quite outspoken about the whole Saudi situation as well, though? And it's not like... He was, honest, I mean... Yeah, well, exactly. So there was there was a few Kevin Owens, Daniel Bryan. I think um, I think Cena at one point. Yeah. Unless they go, actually, no, we're not that stupid. We'll keep them. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. I mean, there was definitely quite a, quite a high number of people who refused to work them shows. Um, so I don't know whether they're just kind of putting two to two and two together and making five or what. But um, it is interesting that, <laughs> especially for like the likes of Rusev and stuff, who. You know, by all accounts, is potentially going to be a big, a big loss for them. You know, he was, especially in, in like the few with Cena and stuff like that. He was a very kind of big draw at one point, and they had Rusev Day, and they could, you know, and now he, he was like one of the biggest of the cuts, wasn't he? To be fair, so even to though he's locked up anywhere, you know yeah. what? Like, it, it, we might have seen him a Slammiversary, you know, if it wasn't for Lana. <laughs> well, I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm kidding. But it wasn't for the COVID situation. Um, we might have seen him at Slammiversary. The certainly the hints were there. Um, whether or not you believe that that's what they were going for with that Bulgarian flag seems. Mm. A, you know, what else would you put a Bulgarian flag up for? 
Well, I don't know whether it's to get people to tune into the show, maybe. Um, well, ah, yeah, you make a good point there. It could just draw people in for nothing. <laughs> yeah. But, um, <laughs> You're drawing you in to see fucking Luke Gallows off his tits <laughs> of Bulgaria. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean... I mean, we're going to see a number of um, these release stars appearing in places now. I believe the 90 days is up for literally everyone now, isn't it? So mm. um, we're going to start seeing a lot of talent randomly appearing. I'm still yet to see... Obviously, FTR don't really count because they weren't part of the 90-day clause, which is why they appeared sooner than the others. But um, it'd be interesting to see what ones AEW have managed to capture because I'm still mm. thinking that they've got Zack Ryder, especially Cody's comments previously, mm. which kind of leads me on to my next Yay, Damn it, you've one up me. <laughs> so, the next one, Carl. Matt Cardona, if I'm pronouncing it right, the real name of Zack Ryder, has, um, he's not confirmed any shows, he's not confirmed if he's signed with anyone or anything like that. What he has done is he's released a bit of a promo um, in which he's displayed, he's been shown that he's obviously, he's obviously still jacked, he's, you know, he's still you know ready for wrestling. Um, he's got his internet title which i believe was his creation and therefore his anyway nothing to do wwe not that they ever fucking used it um (laughs) but he's had a revamped version made of his uh internet title which is quite similar but i believe it's a skull now instead of the 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 sort of bro head as it was uh and on top of that he's he's suggesting anyway that the music used in it was going to be his new entrance theme which is actually a song by uh and again apologies i'm pronouncing it wrong by a band downstate which you might recall them, Carl, because they actually do the song Kingdom for Cody Rhodes' entrance. They do. They do. Which they also do The Mizzes, actually. And they also did radio <laughs> for Zack Ryder in WWE. Well, uh, yeah, by no means suggesting get... that it's AEW bound <laughs> because of that. Yeah, I was going to say that. I was like, oh, shit, that, that, those are the guys who do Cody stuff. And I looked and I was like, oh, no, they do radio as well. Okay, fine. Yeah, <laughs> they, did, yeah they did radio. And um, as apparently they do um, I Came to Play, which I didn't realize, which is um, The Mizzes. Interesting. Seems to quite varied on the old talent front because I wouldn't have guessed they yeah. were all the same people. They could uh, definitely switch it up when they wanted them guys. Oh, yeah. But um, yeah, you never know. I mean, Cody's been quite outspoken about the like I think previously mentioned that there's a person he could sign from WWE. Um, Zach Ryder was definitely up there in terms of people he'd sign, and now he was a free agent. So um, I, I personally, I think AEW, and I think AEW would be a great fit for him. I think he'd fit really well into their, their main event scene, in all honesty. And put him in a program with Jericho, and he'll get him over, because Jericho's the master of getting people over. Look look at the work he's doing with OC at the minute. Not that Orange couldn't get himself, um, mm. sort of, because he, he, you know, that match he had with Pac was fantastic as well. So it's not like he needed Jericho. But at the same time, their program together has been fantastic. And um, I'd really look forward to seeing Zack Ryder in a similar thing. Well, that's it. I mean, you know, they say, don't they? If if you've ever gotten if you've ever gotten over once in this business, then you can get over again. And you know, you can't you can't downplay the fact that you know there's at least twice you know in a very poor WWE run, which isn't necessarily Zach's fault. To be fair, even though he said took a bit of responsibility for it, but he was very over around the awfulness that was the John Cena Eve whatever storyline, yeah. and he was very over when he won the Intercontinental Championship as well. Um, so the guy can get over. So it's it's, it's whether he can do it. At like a main event level, you know what I mean. Um, so if he does go to AEW, you know, is he going to be more like a Sean Spears or <laughs> is he going to be more like a? The only thing I want, if if the, I really hope he's not a Sean Spears. I don't mean to, to railroad over that point. I just I, I ruminated enough for a minute. I thought, no, no, don't have to be a Sean Spears. <laughs> God, Fuck that. No, he's got a glove um, now. He's got, he's got it was a fucking magic glove. I've not seen him since. <laughs> as soon um, as he gets a hat in the moonwalk, then we saw it. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, but yeah, the uh, if he comes over, and it, as stupid as a as a petty thing as it is for me, what I don't want is for him to come over with the internet title straight away. Mm. I think it'd be a good title to use in AEW, but we've already had TNT rock up, and we've already had this yeah. um, FTW title. Mm. For him to turn up and go, I've got one too, would just be fucking ridiculous. <laughs> it um, really would. So, um, otherwise, it's going to be a bit like bring your own fucking belt, really, isn't it? Mm. Um, so, I don't know. For me, if he does come over, I want, I, and they do intend on using the internet title, I hope it's not all done in one one foul swoop. I hope they kind of hold off on that for a bit. I mean, to be honest, that that's what kind of worries me a little bit, is the fact that he's kind of bringing back this internet title because surely you would think if he was going to go over, they'd try and use him as a main event guy. But if he's the internet, you know, for me, that's like the 24-7 title equivalent. So whether whether or not that's just them going to be actually booking it better and it becomes a, a decent title or what, like for me, the internet I, title. I hold out hope that they book it better because hmm. this could have always been a good title. It was like having the TV title that was at uh, WCW, uh, ECW had the TV hmm. title. Um, and it, it could be like a modern day version. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, but I mean, it, that's what I mean. That's what the TNT title is, though, to a degree. It gets defended every fucking week. I know, but they can do TV. something with it. Like, uh, let's have an example that the internet title's defended on Dark, which is a YouTube show. Uh, okay. Boom. There you go. Booked it. Fucking hell. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> done. Job done. So, right, anyone listening, hand hand this guy a right fucking writer's deal. Tell you. Fucking. Well, yeah, Carl, I mean, look, we. We masterfully wrote and put together A to the K. I mean, we're we're a, we're a writing duo, Carl. That's how it works, man. Yeah, I uh, I, I I link up all your jokes. <laughs> how it works. All your genius ideas. I I find a way to link them together. Um, but no, like you know, I I still think that your idea, that twenty four seven title change at the Rumble, like fucking hell, like. That was awesome. Like, do why, that. Why? You know. Why? Yeah, they they don't do anything. Look at it now. It's turned into a weird fucking cat and mouse between um, Tazawa and and oh, the one who holds we, the belt. We'll come on to this shite when we talk about Raw. Yes, but yes, we will. Anyway, <laughs> and I genuinely, this week's Raw was the first time I heard Tazawa talk. Yeah. Oh, what an intimidating man he is. Oh yeah. <laughs> anyway, that is the ringside report. <laughs> 